Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, it's not actually Mackie and Judd this time. It rather is Zolgad and my buddy Chip Scoggins. Yes, that's right. Conduits of Trouble, after being on hiatus, is back. What's up, Chipper? How you doing? I'm doing good. What's going on? It's been a while. Uh, it has, and uh, in in the time that we have not talked, at least on the podcast, uh, there have not been, of course, a lot of games, uh, but there has been a lot of news. Let's start with this one, sir. How anxious, or I guess the correct word is eager, are you for the now-determined, assuming COVID-19 complies, uh, return of the 60-game MLB season, are you? Well, I said... Privately, I was going to boycott, or maybe not boycott, but just be mad because of how long it took him to get to this spot and all the infighting and just pettiness from the owners. But I'm going to watch, Judd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for baseball. Uh, I'm excited for any sports. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I got to imagine ratings are going to be astronomical, right, because fans are just dying to uh, watch some some kind of sports. And it's going to be interesting – the strategy of it, Judd, with 60 games, I'm going to be curious to see how teams handle it um, going from that standpoint. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to actually have some uh, sports to write about again. Full disclosure, Chip Scoggins, I've spent the past two weeks watching a ton of English Premier League soccer. Oh, my gosh, you are bored. So, yes. So, I am I am so starved. So, I'm with you. I'm mad at baseball, 60 games to me, is is far short, far short of uh, a true season. But all of that being said, if they brought back tiddlywinks tomorrow, I would watch it. I'm complete. I am so yeah. starved for sports. So yes, uh, baseball. Baseball is not in a good place right now. There's definitely some things that we can discuss that have gone awry with baseball. But as far as the ability to turn on the sport at night and watch games, I am all for it. Yeah, because you're not a soccer guy, right? Typically, you know, I'm usually not, but the EPL is not too bad. It's actually, no, no, it's, it's actually good. It's good yeah, stuff. It's I, mean, I like watching it, um, but I, I didn't know you were a soccer guy. But no, you know, Judd, it's it's just frustrating that the owner they get to the all along they wanted a short season. It's clear yes. this is what they wanted. Yes. Um, or from if you listen, if you believe some of the reports, someone wanted no season, but. Um, I was hoping that they would have a representative season, like a hundred games, and, and yep. it could have been done. Um, but it's just greed. It was just flat out greed by the owners, and 
that it got to this point. So, you know, and obviously 60 is better than nothing, but I was, I would, maybe I'm a fool, maybe I'm naive. I, I thought they would get to, I thought they'd get a deal done and it'd be a hundred game season. And then you felt like, okay, that's a representative. That's enough. Yep. 60, 60. I think a lot of people are going to put an asterisk by whoever wins this thing. I mean, I don't think you can count this, count this as a real championship, whoever wins it. I would have taken 80. Like, I, I wouldn't have been happy, but I would have taken it. But yeah. but to me, to me, the 60-game season is not a, oh, man, COVID problem. It is a, no. to your point, the owners were greedy. Uh, the sides couldn't agree. If they had played 80 or more games, okay, I, I would have said that is a COVID-affected season, no question about it. It's not ideal, but hey, it's baseball. But this is this is number the if if you were to put together a story about why why they're playing sixty games in two thousand twenty, the headline to me is greed, and the yes. second thing is pandemic. Yes, oh, without a doubt. I mean, I don't think well the last three weeks up until this point they weren't arguing over health uh, guidelines, right? They were, they were they were arguing over share of the revenue pie, and so it, it absolutely was uh, about money and greed. And so, you know, it, it doesn't that um, doesn't give you optimism for baseball's next labor Ooh. contract that's coming up. <laughs> Make your plans for 2022, buddy, because yeah, you ain't going to be watching baseball. I mean, there's going to be a work stoppage, right? I oh, mean, there, there has to be. There's yeah. there's going to be for sure. There's going yeah. to be for sure. I, I mean, there is a CBA in place right now, and these two sides, you know, had what I would consider a knockdown dragout fight about one season. Can you imagine if if yeah. you are going to try and extend or uh, get a new uh, CBA that's going to run for ideally, let's say, five to eight years? Do you know the length of the fight that we're about to see sure. about everything? They're going to battle over every damn thing, Chipper. Judd, why is it this league? This sport that's so contentious and uh, so much distrust. I mean, I mean, this is not just like a one-time, one-off thing. I mean, this is every single time. Yeah, you know what I think, Chip? I think it's a few things. Because when we were kids, this became a problem a lot, right? Mm-hmm. In sure. what, 81, you had the shortened season in which they had to split it because the strike happened, I think, in 81 in June. 94 was a catastrophe as far as baseball was concerned, and they stopped playing in August and lost the World Series at that point in time. Um, But I think what we have now is this. Bud Sealy could be goofy, and I don't know that he was – he certainly was not universally loved. But I think Bud Selig did love baseball, okay? And so so Selig lost the World Series in 94, and then I think he said, rightfully so, never again on my watch because I love the sport. Manford is a lawyer, and yeah. and the Players Association still in baseball, while I don't think it's it's as strong as it was when we were kids, I think it's still pretty damn strong, especially compared to football. And I think the baseball people, owners, now look at football and say, why isn't that more like, uh, or mm-hmm. why aren't we more like them? Yeah. And so I think what we are having now is the comeuppance of what turned into to a, a really extended period for baseball's sake of labor peace. And yeah. now we're back to it's a lawyer in charge and Manfred Manfred works for the people who own the teams. He does their dirty work. 
And they are more than happy to, if they have to, short-term, destroy the game, which for people like us is really sad. And have him be the, the face of it. Absolutely. And, 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 I mean, that's what, throughout this whole thing, you kept coming back to, does, it, does he even like baseball? I mean, remember during the, the Astros things, he called the World Series trophies, which I think the commissioner, his name's on it, <laughs> uh, a piece of metal or something, um, which angered the players. This, he does the complete 180 in a span of five days from being – uh, 100% unequivocal. There's going to be baseball. To I'm not so confident, and I, I'm curious to, to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall because that was DefCon one, right? When he when he when he backtracked that, I think it was Monday of that week, right? And said, "I'm not confident that yep. the season." Yep. And then the next day, it was the next day or two days later, he met privately with with uh, uh, Tony mm-hmm. um, Tony Clark. Tony Clark. I, I'm wondering if. Because that he was done at that point, right, Manfred? I mean, his, uh, you know, everybody was hanging this around him. If there was any uh, thought of okay, players have some, some of this to bear, that some of their responsibility to. I mean, that shifted all the way to Manfred screwing this up, and this is going to be his legacy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he did this privately, or someone got to him and said, "Rock, you got, you have to go back, and you have to swallow your pride or whatever, but you have to make this work." Because at that point, you thought. That Monday, I thought there, there's not going to be a baseball season. I thought they were so far apart and it dug in so much at that point that they were just going to say, you know what, we'll try again next year. So I, you know, he showed he showed some spine at that point, right? To um, maybe tell the owners, hey, we're going to have to give up on some things um, and we're not going to cancel a season, which it sounds like eight owners wanted them to do that all together. Yep. That, you know, he got it done, but man, Judd, you talk about a weak commissioner. And we've seen him throughout history. I mean, I know you're not a big Batman guy, but man, Manford just looked like oh, Batman looks like complete incompetence throughout this whole. Batman looks like the greatest commissioner of all time compared to this. Like yeah. this, this is, I think Manford is is for, for the most part taking his orders from the people that own the teams. I don't think that he has, and I don't, I don't even think that he is in a place to have the best interest in the game in mind. I think that these guys want to make as much money as possible, and I think that their goal, I don't believe that they're going to get this, but I believe that their goal would be to break the Players Association down as much as possible. And this is the one Players Association that does have some teeth to it. And so that's why I think the 2022 thing is going to be off the charts bad. Uh, because I think it's going to be two sides that dig in firmly, very, very firmly, and and unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be anyone who gives a damn about the sport. Where no. where Selig, I think, did care ultimately about the sport a lot. And how, how hard do you think they're going to push for a salary cap, the owners? Because they did. They tried to float that in here in the, in the initial negotiation yeah. this time. And it sounds like they've done it, you know, periodically over the years. So I'm guessing because they probably see what you know what they look at the NFL as the model, right? As you mentioned, yeah. And you know, I I, I could see them trying to. You know, find some way to cap salaries. But the know. National Football League has has what I would guess is one of the weakest uh, players associations out no there. Guaranteed money, yeah. No guaranteed well, and they always they always lose. This new this new CBA that they signed off on on March chip is worse than the last one, and the last one was terrible. I mean, Dalvin Cook can't hold out. No, that, that, like think about I think mean, about that's your leverage. Why would they? Why would they insert that clause in there? Because they're idiots. 
Because they're getting pushed around constantly. My guess is in football, you have enough players who desperately need check-to-check, right? Without a doubt. That's got to be it. There's a big, big gap in pay in the NFL without guaranteed money, you know? Yes. And I, Judd, I typically, when it comes to the NFL, I always side with the players on money stuff because how many times do we see players have to take restructured contracts Mm -hmm. just to stay in the league? Because owners and management have so much leverage over players in the NFL. I mean, just astronomical leverage. I mean, it's basically take a pay cutter, we're going to cut you. And these guys' earning window is so finite, you know. By age 30, you're pretty much done with the NFL, and so you've got to make as much money as you can. And, oh, you know, if I don't take a pay cut, I'm going to be out of a job and out of the league, and so they do it. So um, that I, I never understand why fans really get on players in, in these um, money disputes when it's them against uh, billionaire owners. It just I don't understand that. But I just don't understand how, how the players have now in football signed off on essentially saying – Let's see. If I'm going into my second contract, one of the few thing few things that I can use as a hammer against my team is I'm not going to show up for training camp. And then they agree to a deal where now if Dalvin does not show up for day one of camp, for day one, yeah. he loses an accrued year and goes from being unrestricted uh, next March as a free agent into being restricted, which means the Vikings can basically pay him about five mil. It's just the whole thing. But for ba- for baseball, I-, I agree with you completely. Baseball definitely wants something like that. I just don't see how they're going to get it. And that's why I think, I think that worst case, I believe that they're very well could be no baseball in 2022. Well, and you saw players won't cave. We saw that this time. No, they won't. They will not cave. I mean, and they, they shouldn't, dug, to be honest. And they should No, and they dug in their heels and said, We're, this, put us to work. Whatever it is, put us to work. You know, and so they're not going to cave. I mean, that union is strong. And yep. so, and, you know, we'll see how, you know, see what the owners do if, if they, um, you know, have a little more flexibility or, or willingness to negotiate in good faith than they showed this time, because I don't think they did at all in this time. Um, but mm-hmm. getting back to the games, Judd, 60 games, I mean, a lot of times after 60 games, you don't even know if you have a good team, bad team, average team, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Where you're at. So, you know, it's it's hard to uh, – did I see this right? Uh, did, the, uh, did Washington have a losing record after 60 games? Yes, they did. Year? The Nationals yeah. were a complete mess after 60 games. Yeah, so it's you better have your house in order right away, right? Because if you get off to a bad start, you don't have time to make. You know they always say in baseball, oh, it's early. You can't tell you that this year. No, <laughs> it's not early. It's late when you start the season. It's late, and so you can't have slumps. You can't have long losing streaks. And I was thinking about this today. It'll be interesting to see if managers are they more um, impulsive or knee jerk if a guy's in a in a rut to maybe pull them out because you can't just say, we'll give a guy 15 games here or whatever to, you know, two weeks to pull out of because, I mean, it, gotta, every game is so critical right now. It's a great question. I, I mean, opening day is going to have pressure. Without doubt. Think yeah. about that. Opening day is going, you are going to be, you are going to feel the heat of of a potential pennant race the first day, July 23rd or 24th, that the season begins. Think about yeah. how weird that's going to feel. 
I know. Well, Judd, what we, what what's the cliche that everybody you hear from every player? Oh, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Nope. It's no, a sprint. it's sprint. <laughs> it's a sprint. It's not a marathon this year. And so in that way, it, it would be kind of cool, you know, just that, you know, there's no throwaway games, you know. I mean, in a long 162-game season, you know, when you're there in June and you yep. have a stinker of a performance, it's easy just to ask just a bad day at the ballpark. Well, you can't really have too many of those, right? I mean, you can't just dismiss because every game is going to be so important. So I think it's going to be fascinating that way and, and just see how strategy had teams handle bullpens or starting pitchers or rotations or guys that have slumps or whatever. Um, I'm sure they, you know, talked about this ad nauseum internally, but it's going to be fun to kind of see how it plays out. So t- tell me this, Chip Scoggins. We'll definitely watch it, but when it's all said and done, how seriously are you going to take it as far as judgments go? Because my feeling is with the Twins, um, good or bad, I'm not going to really judge it unless they completely fall apart or or win 60 games. I'm not going to look at this and say say that that we can glean a ton from it. Um, So I'll watch it. It'll be intriguing to watch. But as far as assessments that ordinarily are made in baseball, personally, I think it's going to be very difficult to make those assessments given the fact, as you're talking about, that in 60 games, it's just such a short regular season. Yeah, it's hard, Judd, because the feeling we had at the end of last year, right, is, okay, this organization on the, is on the rise. They're ascending. And so this next year, you had Josh Donaldson, you had some pitching help. So they're going to take that next step. Right. Well, there's just so much unknowns when you have this kind of layoff. I mean, if, you know, if Nelson Cruz or Mitch Garver doesn't come back and have, you know, the kind of year that they had last year, are you going to say, oh, they hit a cliff? I don't think you can say that, right? I mean, I think you just say God, they've had a long layoff, and it's not excuse-making, but it's real. I mean, you just can't – I mean, hitters are going to have, what, three weeks to get ready for a season, basically, after a long pause. It's not like you can just snap your finger and think that it comes back right away. And so – you may see pitch, pitchers struggle that don't normally struggle. You may see hitters that just don't have their timing. Yep. And, and so it's going to be hard to, yeah, it's going to be hard to cast any real judgment on it. Um, just why, just like I was saying, is like whoever wins this thing, are they going to feel like a true champion? They uh, sure as hell shouldn't, right? That that they've gone through the gauntlet of a 162 no. game season and and the play. I mean, I, I don't. They'll celebrate like it was, and, and hell, if it happens here. You know, we'll treat it like a World Series champion, probably, but it's it's going to feel different. You know, yep. I, mean, I don't know how I don't know how you could feel it, but no, and that's 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 the part of it's unfortunate, obviously, because of the uh, pandemic. But you know, you were so excited at spring training to see what this lineup could do and see what this pitching staff could do with the Twins, and I don't know that you're going to be able to cash that. We're not going to see it probably, you know, and it's full and and, and have a real good feel of how good this team can be. Maybe you will, you know, maybe they'll no, play no, but I, no, I you're know. right. <laughs> we we won't because I mean it's not long en- enough of a year. The other really, really, really sad thing is too with the window that the Twins are going into right now, Chipper. What really is sad is is to me, um, 2021 has tons of pressure now. Because you're going to play 60 games in 2020, and okay, it's a nice diversion from the pandemic, but it's 60 games, as we're talking about here. And in 2022, you're almost certainly going to have a strike, lockout, work stoppage of some sort. Yeah. So, so now, so now the Donaldson twins, you know, 
if Cruz comes back at the age of what he'll be, I think 41, 41. a year, a year from July, um, you're going to basically probably have the pressure of 2021 becomes the one year for this team as currently constructed to win. Cause let's say you don't play again until 23. Okay. Yeah. Is Donaldson the same? Probably not. Nelson Cruz, no way he's back. So, so now you, you've gone from this possible window of, I don't know, three years with mm-hmm. all of these components together for the twins to, all right, boys, put yeah. up, put on, put on the jerseys and win in 2021. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, when you look at this lineup, it's, they have some young guys, obviously, but Cruz is young. Donaldson's not young. Nope. Um, they have guys that are that expect to win right now, you know. And so that's this lineup is kind of constructed with that mindset. You know, windows change all the time. Obviously, with you know young guy prospects developing or whatever. But you have this lineup um, is built to win right now, and so. You know, it, it would be frustrating if you, you're not allowed to maximize that through pandemic, through work stoppage, whatever, that you can't maximize this lineup. So, um, but that's why, I mean, that's why I say, heck, just enjoy the 60 games, you know, and see what this lineup can be. And it, it'll be fun to have, I'm sure once they get going, Judd, we won't, the labor stuff will be, you know, in the push to the background Agreed. and you'll be consumed with the day-to-day lineup and what they're doing. Um but it, it will feel interesting when we get to the postseason and how that shakes out and how people view it. You know, um, if they if they view it as legitimate or as an asterisk, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be a a huge debate come August and October. You know, and you know how how legitimate should we consider you know this playoff uh, this playoff run. Do you like the idea of uh, of starting the tenth with a runner on second base for each team to try and expedite the end of games? No, no, I don't like it. I mean, it, it, I just don't like gimmicks in sport. I hate the shootout. I understand, you know, that's I'm with you on that a safety thing, but it's just you know, I and you could play all night, but I'm just not a fan of gimmicks to end games. Um, you know, sometimes you have a seventeen in the game and it happens. You know, but. Uh, I, I'm just not a fan of it. Now, I understand they're trying to protect, you know, protect players and all that, and you know, and that's understandable. But I'm, I'm, if you ask me, would I rather have it or not? I'd say not. I don't mind it because of this. Baseball now is so slow pace wise, mm-hmm. and, and I, I went to portions of the games. Uh, last uh, year at Target Field where the Twins played the Red Sox and Rays, I think in back-to-back weeks and played yeah. long, long games. And I said to myself, this as a kid, I probably would have thought at the time when uh, games were quicker that this was actually cool. But now yeah. this thing is taking so long. Now, now, where I agree completely with you on the shootout is if baseball went to a home run derby to end games, then yeah, I'd say yeah. this is stupid and ridiculous. But but you're keeping up a semblance of the game. You're just trying to end end games. Now, if they took this to the playoffs, I would not like that idea. But when you play 162, I don't mind it. I I really don't. And and I just think that for the sake of the sport long term, they do need to find ways to wrap up games quicker uh, to keep its popularity. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Judd. I think I'd be more supportive if they said we'll start that rule in the 12th inning or, you know, something, give okay. a couple extra innings to, Fair. 
at least play out, you know. And then if it gets to be one of those situations where like, oh, okay, we, we don't want to go 17 innings, you know, at the 12th inning, institute that, you know. But just right after, you know, the ninth inning, we're going to start doing this, you know. It just feels – that feels gimmicky. I wish they would give it – let it play out a little bit longer. And, and you know. The 12th might know, be but, fair. Yep. Yeah, so I, I think I'd be more inclined to say, yeah, there versus the 10th. So are, are you confident that we are, uh, Chip Scoggins, going to have sports here? Because no. the one the one thing is, well, here here's the thing that confuses me the most, okay? Yeah. Explain this to me. Why in, in football right now or in baseball in some states, why are we talking about fans going? Well, I... Three weeks ago, I was optimistic. I am much less op- less optimistic today. I, especially college football, I don't feel good about it at all. Um, when you have thirty players at LSU in quarantine after just lifting, I mean, how are they going to start? How are you going to start having full contact practices? Yep. And football starts in July. I mean, this is we're almost you know at the end of July. I mean, how, I just don't know how it's going to work. Um, and you look at, I just saw a thing from Florida today, a tweet from the Miami Herald that they had, what, how many thousands of new cases there. I mean, those hot spots in Houston is a you know major getting hit uh, really hard right now. And so I don't know how, one, I don't know how you can let fans in there. Based on where we are now, we know the thing's fluid and it changes, you know, every other day. But as we sit here today, I would be stunned if um, – if they allow fans in the games anywhere. And I think, I think in Texas or Houston, they, they dialed back some things on bars and restaurants today yes. uh, in terms of capacity, which tells you um, they're not going the right way, you know, in some spots. And so I, I wonder how long, and we're starting to see it some, but before athletes, whether it's NBA players or, or whatever, just say, you know what? No. I'm not and I don't blame players. It. In this yeah, case, it, I don't blame them one bit. It's tricky because this is such a political issue. You know, it's just like, gosh, it's, I mean, there's, you know, you're on one side or the other, it seems like, if you read Twitter. But we know that the, the uh, you know, the odds of becoming young, healthy people, not getting it, but becoming seriously ill or dying from it are pretty minuscule. But Yep. They can spread it, and we don't know the long-term effects well, and, of, of having it. And you know, here's, you know you're not going to die or you get really, – you know, it's rare if you die or you get really sick now, but you don't know the long-term effects. But it's more of a spread of it. And so I wonder if, if you know, some of these – you know, they're talking about putting the bubble in Orlando right now. Yep. Boy, you know, I don't know, John. Here's my question. One is this one. If they do start, what's going to stop it? Like, Because if you tell me, well, if we get five guys, that's it, then don't start, okay? Yeah. My other, my other question is this. Have you, have these leagues truly thought out the at-risk people? The people who sure. are, who coaches. are, <laughs> yes, coaches. Zimmer, Kubiak, have, have they thought, because God forbid what happens, be, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to get COVID-19 and die, okay? And I think yeah. that he might get it, he might get sick. That's a problem. I understand that. But I also can't assure you that, that he's not going to get it and spread it. And and if a coach gets it, um, if a trainer who is a veteran guy who is, let's say, 65, gets it, and God forbid that person dies, and yeah. that could happen, what are you going to do? Like, are you yeah, going to, are you going to yeah. stop it? So, so and, and, and it might not sound fair, 
But I, my starting point as a league would be to take the at-risk folks and say, I'm sorry, but if we're going to do this in 2020, we can't take the chance on you. And then have the team and then say they can't come, but the, the team still play. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you because you eliminate a lot of coaches. Or I know, but but trainers, I can't have them dying. Know. Like like the, yeah. the the one reasonable thing to say, or the two things, is one players are going to get this, and, and for the most part, they're going to be fine. God forbid mm-hmm. there's a death, but but I but I can gamble there. But Chipper, if I start to gamble on managers and coaches in baseball and, and football. Now, 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 my odds are pretty good that someone's going to get very, very sick and potentially die. And now I got a problem. And, and here's here, yeah, absolutely. And here is a uh, another issue that's you know not as obviously as serious as that one. But let's say you get into the season and you're testing these guys every week, and all of a sudden you got 13 positive tests. Those guys have to quarantine for 14 days. Yep. So are you going to be able to play a game? on Saturday or on Sunday, what if, you know, it could be, you could be minus, you know, your starting quarterback, five starters, whatever, you know, 20 players, if they're all in quarantine through trace testing, uh, contact, yep. contact trace. I mean, so that's the problem is like, you may just run out of just from something, you may run out of, uh, players from week to week. If, if so many, do you forfeit then? Well, I don't, you know, like what's the answer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why I think the leagues, and I know that's what they're really concerned about is the stop and starts. Like, okay, let's start. And then, oh my gosh, we're having so many players that are, <laughs> excuse me, in quarantine or, or testing positive that, you know, uh, or that we just don't have enough, uh, athletes to, and I know they're going to expand rosters, but, you know, like I said, I think LSU had 30 players, football players, in quarantine uh, right now. I mean, how would you line up and have a practice? How would you line up and have a game? You wouldn't. Case. And so that's, you know, obviously the, the, the health part of it and spreading and coaches getting sick, but I think it may just come down to numbers. You may just have so many people that are not available from week to week that it would be hard to really have a, you know, a, a credible season. And I think college football can't play. Because because you've got too many young kids who are going to put themselves in in situations they probably shouldn't. But heck, if they're just going to class, that's not their fault. I I don't I don't understand how college football can play, and I also don't get how baseball and and um and the uh, yeah are, are going to survive this. But the thing is, if you're in a bubble. I think if you're in a bubble, you might have a chance, like hockey might have a chance, and maybe basketball. Yeah. But the National Football League is just going to travel around business as usual and potentially put fans yeah. in sta- – I just don't understand all that. Well, if you saw today, uh, Judd, this is Friday, uh, Morehouse College uh, canceled their fall sports, including football. Um, oh, did they? Okay. A, yeah. And I think they were the largest – I think there might have been a Division three school to do too, but Morehouse is um, – I'm pretty sure Division One AA or two, but they they came out and, and canceled their season today. So I wonder if that will, you know, start the process of more schools doing that. Um, but you're right. You know, I wrote about this uh, last week or two weeks ago that with the Gopher athletes coming back, that it's going to happen. I mean, you're going to have athletes. I mean, they know it. They're going to have athletes test positive and they're going to quarantine them. But um, the one thing we know, I mean. 
like I have a college student. I mean, a lot of times they feel invincible, right? And so are you absolutely. Gonna, they're going to educate them as best they can. But are you going to say, okay, don't go to house parties, don't go to bars, don't go, you know, hang out at, at people's apartments? And I mean, is that realistic, Judd? I mean, no. are you just going to stay quarantined to their dorm rooms or their? Do you think professional baseball players traveling are going to say, no, you know what? I'm going to I'm not going out now. Now, some of them will Nelson Cruz will, but do I really think that Sano and Rosario and Kepler are going to say, you know what I'm doing and I'm staying? No, they're not going to. And they're young and, and I blame them, but at their age, I, I get what, I get what they think. And again, I'm not concerned that they're going to get this and die. I'm not even concerned that they're going to get that sick. But if they come back and spread it to a coach who now does, I've still got big problems. And that's the problem because you know. we, we've seen, we've seen you know, if you watch TV or Twitter data, you see it. Young people just aren't getting uh, – it's rare for young people to get sick and die from it. It's very minuscule percentages. Yep. And so what does, that, what does that lead to? The perception of, oh, I'm good. You know, yep. if I get it, I'm not going to get sick. But it's that – that spread and you don't know the long we don't know the long-term effects of it and so that's why i think you know young people are probably more apt to just say you know what i'm good <laughs> i'm going out and 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 they are i mean and, and these teams are going to educate i mean i know they are uh you know at ohio state they made uh players sign waivers basically acknowledging <laughs> that uh to follow all the protocols and this you know even though you, you might not get sick or have any symptoms that you could still be susceptible to spreading it. And so, but that's, you know, okay, you sign a waiver. Is like really going to, I was going to say, if I'm 21, yeah. if I yeah. am 21 and playing college football, you know what I'm doing? I'm signing that. And then the next thing I'm doing is going right to the bar. Go to the bar. I know. I, I'm sure. You Come know, on. And it might stop some, but you're not stopping all. And so, um, back to the original point. No, I'm not very optimistic at this point. No, hockey, I think probably will play. You know, the basketball, I'm guessing probably will because they have the bubble. But um, football, I just, with where we are, you know, almost in July here, can you just imagine in four weeks from now, teams lined up in huddles and locker rooms and tackling? I just, it just seems. You would have to not care. unrealistic right now. Right? Right, Chip? Yeah. Well. Like you, you would have to say, screw it. We'll just take our chances. Yeah. I mean, and, and. You know, how old is Zimmer? You mentioned him. I mean, 62, 63, right? He's got to be close to that susceptible age group, right? Kubiak? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, had health problems. He's right there as well. Yeah, so I don't, boy, I just, I, you know, and we're right now they're just working out groups of 10, right? Or whatever. Um, some of the colleges, I, mean, right. I think that's what they're doing. I mean, how are you going to have a full practice? I just, I hope a lot changes between now and then, but I'm not optimistic the way things are trending in the, you know, some of those southern uh, states. Amen, Chipper. Thank you. Talk to you next week, okay? All right, brother. All right. Stay safe. Bye-bye.